It's Wednesday, June 7th, 2023, and you're listening to episode 614 of You're the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 33 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Mary. And this is Wayne. All right. So let's start off with the one obvious and big announcement, and then we will roll on from there. Fear the Con? Yes, sir. We were talking Fear the Con, June 15th, 16th, and 17th, fearthecon.com. I'll put that in the show notes. If you're bringing someone with you that is new to gaming or would just like a little bit of a warm-up, I have already put in slot one a game called An Intro to RPGs. I think it's called like House Pets Mayhem. or It's something about pets. And so if they've never played a game before, you can bring them to that or have them sign up for that in slot one. And I'm going to teach them the basics of RPGs. They're going to get sets of dice. It's going to be a whole thing to prep them for the rest of the con. And we are looking forward to all of you that are currently prepping for this con because... It is going to be great. If you want to talk about the con, we have a Discord. (laughs) And within the Discord, people have made individual channels and threads for games where they're talking about the games they're running and pitching. There's constant conversation that happens about the con, about the podcast, about the episodes. A lot of people getting new ideas or refining ideas just based on like community input and what might be more fun for more people. We've got the question of the day every day that is an RPG question every day during the week. There's games that happen on there that I'm not involved in, but I know they happen. (laughs) And there's a meetup every Friday for members of the community to just hop on and talk to each other. But the thing I want to highlight, because it affects me, and that's yeah, what's yeah. really important. Yeah, that, this is why I founded the show. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I hadn't met you yet, I'm like, someday Wayne is going to need a platform. I need to get to building that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. A little while back, I set up a Fear the Boot Minecraft server. Okay. And we have people in the Fear the Boot community that are on the Minecraft server. I did have to set it to whitelist. So if anyone listening wants to join the server. Wait, let's join- pause on there. Let's define whitelist. Ah, so a little while ago, we had people find the server and grief us. Yes. So I do have to go in and have an approved list of people that can join. Yeah. Which... So if you want to come and play on the Minecraft server, you are welcome to do so. I just need you to join the Discord and shoot me your Minecraft name so I can add you to that list. Some of the things we've been doing on it lately... There is an economy going where we're buying things with diamonds in the game. Really? I've built a, well, me and a couple people built a mall, and we have our own shops where we have farms of things that we build and make, and then we sell in the shops. And some of them have very funny names, and and there are lots of fun with naming conventions in those shops. There is a parkour course on there where you can compete against other people on it using powdered snow. There is a game going right now that... There's only one dragon egg. So in Minecraft, when you defeat the dragon, you get the dragon egg. If you touch the egg, it teleports somewhere. So you have to break a block under it and have a uh, torch there to break it. So the game that's going right now is basically a hide and seek game where the first person, which was Xylo, puts the egg out there. You take the egg, you go hide it in your build and you leave the coordinates of your base. And then people come and search around and try to find it. And then when you find it, you take the egg, you go hide it in your base. So we've had this going on now for about a week and a half 
of everyone searching out each other's bases, trying to find the egg, take it back, hide it, get frustrated <laughs> by the really interesting hiding places. <laughs> Zylo in particular built a, out of wool in the game, a maze that's made of the same color as the egg to make oh it extra God. hard to find. <laughs> and then he hid the egg somewhere else. Oh, we spent hours Dude, searching that is evil. for the egg. That is evil. Before I, love I it. found it. And I love it. It's amazing. I love it. I so absolutely those, love it. Those are the kind of fun things we have going on. There's a lot of things on the server for the community of the server. I made a post office where there, everyone has their own box with a sign giving their names. So we can leave stuff for each other. And the more people we have on there, the more fun it is. So, Wayne, a question about that. Actually, two questions yeah. about that. First, if I remember right, Discord allows me to link to the Discord server, but it's rather quirky about allowing me to link directly to channels. Yeah, what you, is have the, you have to be in the Discord already to do the channel. Yeah, so what is, what is the channel name for that? Minecraft. Okay, so it's very clever. And then <laughs> second question is obviously... Minecraft can draw a younger audience. Do you guys have some kind of an age range or age intention around this or community standards? I mean, I, I don't even know. No, we do have we have rules in place that are pinned in there for things like don't grief other people's builds, don't hunt each other, things like that. Yeah. But no, we don't have anything. It hasn't been necessary. Okay. So far. If it becomes necessary, then we add that to the rules. Okay. Cool. So there are several things, and I'll put all of that in the show notes. So if you need links on any of it, go check it out there. And in the case of the Intro to RPGs game, that I actually can link to directly. So our topic for today, there's something that... Wayne, where did you get this from? So I got this from Gage. Okay, so you got this... So something decent came from Gage. Who, by the way, as much as we make fun of him, Gage does have his own podcast. We've linked to it a couple times. I'll link to it again out of courtesy because <laughs> I feel bad every time I make fun of him. So I, I will bash him, but I will also link him. So, and I just finished the campaign that Gage was running, and he does what he calls session 3.5. Yeah. So, halfway through the game, he had a thread, a conversation basically that is just, hey, here's what we said at the beginning. Is all of this still cool? Are you getting what you want out of this game? What kind of things would you like to see for the ending of the game? Where would you like to see your character go? And just a session zero redux. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, no, I was just going to ask. Uh, so when you said that originally, uh, when you said 3.5, that to me used to much longer games feels like still towards the beginning. But you said, are these six session games? Is that like 3.5 is the middle of it? Gage likes to run very short campaigns. Okay. So for him, six to eight sessions is a full campaign. Gotcha. So like for me, instead of session 3.5, it would be like session 10.5. Yeah. Or yeah. 20.5 or something. That's why I'm not going to call it 3.5 also because That's in the gaming community... Googling. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you say 3.5 and everyone immediately thinks D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. Now, for Gage's campaign link, that makes sense. But in this context, we are going to call this session X.5 or session right. 0.5. So let's pause here for a moment and let's briefly explain what a session zero is and why they exist. And then we are going to talk about what a session X.5 is. So session zero is a meetup that you have before the first time you have the actual game where you try to set the game up for success by talking about what are we going to play? 
what things do we want included or excluded from the game? What types of characters are we going to make? What type of group are we going to be? And you work through the sorts of things that everyone ought to be on the same page about to give your game the best chance of success and everyone being on the same page, singing from the same song sheet. Building your social and game contract. Yes, absolutely. And we are huge proponents of session zero and group templating and things like that. And so what a session X.5 is, is the idea of can you use some of those concepts to realign a game midway through the campaign? So now that we have it defined, let's talk about why you would want to do this at all. Yeah, For me, I see it as a health check. The campaign has started. People didn't know for sure what their characters were. They may have come in and here is my three-page write-up, but they don't actually know how it plays until they start playing it. If they say they do, they're wrong. Yes. (laughs) Because nobody knows how their character is actually going to play until they've sat at the table with the other players or online with the other players, whatever. And as that happens, the story goes the same way. You as a GM have sat down and maybe you plan out your sessions far in advance and you have all this idea of here's what the game is going to be. The moment the players hit that game... It's going to change. We turned left instead of right, and that's fine for a session. And then maybe you make it up the next session. But by the third session, you're like, well, now everything that I had planned is very much up in the air as to whether or not it can happen the way I had it planned. So So you've agreed to a lot in that session zero. Yeah. But maybe now at session five or six, the game doesn't look like what session zero said. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, you, no. s- you set out to do one thing and things change. Yeah, so that's why for me, I look at it as a health check yeah. of, okay, we've played now for six sessions. We said we were going to be merchants on the river selling things. <laughs> for, for a campaign that ran three and a half years. Yeah. Not, not three and a half sittings, three and a half years. Yeah. This is what we said when we started. And now we are, in, we are away from the boat. We are doing this. Is that still fun do you want me to go back to or is that even still what we're doing right yeah and in the case of the skies of glass campaign that we're referring to that was perfectly fine that we moved away from it we thought we wanted to be merchants on the river that wasn't actually what we wanted once we started playing but maybe somebody in the group did want that right and this is your chance to have that conversation and say hey we agreed to this in the beginning and that's not what we're doing something's may need to adjust. Do we need to adjust this? Do we need to bring some elements of that back into this? Are we okay with abandoning it entirely and running off into the wilderness? Like, yeah, it's just a case of, you know, what what from that session zero is still viable slash relevant to what we're doing now? And are we okay with what we're doing now instead? And this is the biggest thing I want to stress with this concept. Just because you've changed from session zero, that's not a good or a bad thing inherently. It's kind of an inevitability. Right. And this yeah. is finding out if it's a good or a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, to use the old aphorism, no plan survives contact with the enemy. Or as Mike Tyson far more eloquently put it, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's exactly how gaming is. You set out to play the game and you find out it's not what you thought. You're not enjoying it the way you thought you would. Your character's not as useful or not really who you thought they would be. 
whatever the case may be. And something I want to throw in here as part of this bullet point is don't assume that because you have not yet heard a complaint, it doesn't exist. Or because you've not yet heard a struggle, it doesn't exist. Because your players may be quiet, reserved, whatever. And so there's something that's kind of eating at them. Or heck, maybe it's one player and they think it's just them. But when you start getting going with the whole group, suddenly everyone realizes that this is not, not working them. the way. Yeah. Would this have saved our Blades in the Dark game? I don't know that it would have because I think we had a different issue. But it could have at least given it a, another shot at life. Yeah. Or we might have failed sooner. True. And, and moved, moved on, on to, to something, something more fun. Yeah. And said, hey, this is not going to work for us because... Even if we change the characters or whatever, this is just not what we as players want out of a game like this. And therefore, we need to either rejigger it to do something different or we need to move on to a different game. Yeah, In the Skies of Glass campaign, part of the thing I talked about was asking what do people want for their characters when the campaign ends? That's something I've never done. I've never stopped and asked them near the end of the campaign, what would you like to see your character go? Dan did this for the Skies of Glass campaign. It is not something that's on the mics because he sent us an individual message and said, what do you have in mind for your character? Yeah. Where would you like them to go to get that feedback for us? That's something I think is really good for having a satisfying conclusion to your campaign, knowing what your players want. Being able to set it up and, and actually give them a, you know something that they asked for. Yeah. Give them the opportunity to yeah. have it. Well, and I think in that campaign, we actually did have a session X.5 that we just did not call it as such. Because when Brandon joined the game and Brodor left, though Brodor then fortunately did come back, it was a job thing, whatever, it's a long story. But the point being that we had a player shift. And so we moved from an original campaign to a second set of characters, but the group agreed we wanted to continue the same basic storyline just told from a different perspective. And though this was not originally planned, those perspectives and those stories then merged as the campaign went on. So we referred to it as our A game, our A campaign, our B campaign. But really, that's what we did is we sat down and said, we're going to keep this going as is. But what do we want to change? Who do we want to be to make things work based on the way that the game and the player situation around the table is evolving? So once again, Brodor is getting tied up with, I don't remember if that was Miniature Market or Fantasy Shop, but he's getting tied up with one of them. So he left, Brandon comes in, and so we rethink the game. And this is the value of that session X.5. And then we had some conversations as well when the two merged back together about, well, which character is the one that each one of us want to move forward with? Right. How do, how do you merge these storylines into something that everybody is happy playing, even if they're characters from different A or B groups? Well, or if once group A shows up or makes an appearance, somebody may say, well, wait a minute, I get why we had to make group B or why that was the right thing to do at the time. But now that we're all getting comfortable with all this, I'm actually not enjoying my second character as much as I did my first. So I'd like, and Wayne did, Wayne yeah. flipped back to his original right. character. So I guess actually you kind of just made the point there, whether intentionally or unintentionally, that we actually had multiple session X.5. Yes. Well, that's something I was going to say is this is not necessarily something you only have to do once, it, especially in a longer campaign. You know, 
take a gauge every once in a while. And that was not a pun intended on the <laughs> thing. But, you know, come back to that point. Come back to that review of, of are we still okay with where we are? And not just one time, but, you know, throughout a longer campaign. Yeah. I'd say after every major event, too. Like, if something happens that is changing the game, that's a good time to have the conversation. Or be right after a big break that was unplanned, or yeah. anytime you're trying to get back into the game, you know, see where you're at, and yeah. I do wonder if some of this comes from a general mentality that people have of that fixing things is hard, and so it's easier to dispose of them. And you can see this in general consumerism, you can see it in interpersonal relationships, you can see it in all kinds of things. Or, or at least... If you can't fix it or throw it away, put a Band-Aid on it and pretend it's not broken. Yeah, that's some form of a dysfunction. Yeah. So when you go to do this, now I don't know per se that I can give you a specific list of questions to ask because of the fact that I don't know where your game is at, what your situation is. Or where it started. Or where it started, what the players might be feeling. But the purpose of it overall is to get a health check on where everyone's at. And I am going to posit, and I'm curious if you guys agree or disagree and why, but my position is that I think the same stuff that you use in session zero, which for us would be a group template and a group questionnaire, I think those are great places to start, or those are great tools to use again in a session X.5. Even if you don't fill out all of them, at least just ask the question, like, what do we want in this game or not in this game? What type of group do we want to be? Whatever. And get people to re-answer that question in terms of, are we satisfied with where this is at? And so it's at least, I think, a good discussion starter, even if you don't fill it out all the way. Well, it's, good. it's just kind of a health check. Yeah, just so you have yeah. the same rubric, so you're getting the answers to the same questions, but from a different perspective. Yeah, I think too often the group template is seen as something you fill out once, and then, and then throw away. It's just the foundation of the game. Or just you put it in a file and never look at it again. I think it should be a living document that you come back and revisit and go back to, here's what we said versus here's what we're doing. So in a way, Wayne, you're actually going beyond even what I said of not simply using the same documents in terms of the same form, but literally going to the actual filled out document yes. and saying, here's what we wrote. Do we still believe this? Or do we think this answer is now incorrect? Yeah, well, and I also think there's different ways you can do these. I think there is value to bringing the group together and having the conversation all together. And I think there's value to sending individual questions off to people and letting them answer in private. If you're doing it that way, do you think uh, sending off personal or private questions first and then having those answers on hand when you talk to the group as a whole or vice versa? I think you could split it. Sometimes do it in person, sometimes do it individually find out what's better for your group because i wouldn't want to call someone out on well you're saying everything's fine but you said here well no oh, chad's a jerk why did you put that down because no. he's a jerk i mean come on it's that simple i mean no, nobody yeah. is unaware of this speak truth but, to power <laughs> but it, i feel like it's one of those things where you could do both very usefully with and without having to call somebody out but if you had private answers you can be like somebody raised a concern and I want to know if the whole table, you know, feels this or if, you know, this is something that we need to address. 
So is your point, Mary, that you're really here, I guess, talking about a way of anonymizing part of the health check? Part of it, yes, because data is always more useful if you have a control group. (laughs) Well, (laughs) and or do everything you can to encourage honest answers. Yeah. Yeah, you'd never ask in couples counseling how many people cheat on their spouse because you're not going to get an honest answer. Right. Yeah, I can say I've been in a campaign before. I won't call out which one in case any of them ever listens where I was not happy with the campaign. I was ready for it to end. But every time the GM asked, because everyone's still feeling this. I would just go along with the general consensus. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one that was done with it. But no one wanted to nobody step be, up and say it. Yeah, nobody and wanted did, to be the one to kill the game. I would have said something one-on-one or in private to the, the GM asking, but I wasn't going to be the one guy sitting at the table that's harshing everyone else's fun, even though I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one feeling that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, I'll use an example from the AP. We weren't happy with the Blades in the Dark game. None of us were expressing exactly what our problems were until someone did. And then we all piled on. It's like uncorking the diarrhea. Yes. (laughs) Everyone was thinking about it. Everyone had an issue. No one wanted to be the one that was harshing everyone else's fun. Plus, our characters were awesome. It was just the system. (laughs) You know, it's kind of interesting because in one of those Friday social gatherings that we do on discord actually apparently across two or three of them but i missed the first one or two we were doing a review on there with listeners of the blades of the dark ap and that was it was more complicated than this but that was not too far from the conclusion was the characters were good but we just weren't interacting with the system all that well for reasons that are so deep that the author of the game doesn't run it the way he himself wrote it. And so I fully it is more complicated than just saying the system wasn't very good. Yeah. There's a, but there are people out there that love the system and I like to poke them about it by oh, just saying yeah, yeah. it's just a horrible system. Absolutely poke the bear. <laughs> and I know who you're poking here, so I absolutely keep poking the bear. It's actually multiple people, but oh, really is that yeah. I have one in mind. But poke the bears. But yeah, okay, there you go. Pee on the the uh, what do you call a group of bears? Herd? I don't know. But berulence? Rad but, bears. Like, Colony? Rad bears, yes. It's rad bears. Rad yeah. bears. So, Wayne, you said you, even though we've apparently been doing this without formalizing it, you said that Gage does this in a more, well, he's codified doing this into his games. What sort of things does he do in his, what he calls session 3.5? Yeah, in his case, he sent out the questions to all of us yeah. and told us we could either answer in public with each other or answer separately. And it was specific questions of, okay, how do you feel that the tone of the game is? Are we getting the tone right? In the beginning, we said we were looking for these things. Are we hitting all of them? What would you like to have a satisfying ending for your character at the end of this campaign? And there, there were really those three questions that he was trying to hit on to go back to the original conversations and see... Is this still valid and relevant? This is the feel we said we wanted. Here's the feel we have. Is this what we're looking for? Mm -hmm. I think there's a point here that needs to be drawn out about the nature of the questions, because it's very easy to fall off to one side or the other. If you ask a question or only a question that is general, on the plus side, you've opened the floor to 
all kinds of answers, including those you may not have contemplated. That the game's going great, but everyone's tired of being downwind from Broder's rice farts. And that's not something that I, as the person who was sitting toward the back of the room and by the fan, wasn't really experiencing. On the flip side, you ask questions that are too specific or only ask very specific questions. And people are not necessarily going to brainstorm about the generalities or the things you didn't ask about. So if you don't ask about Brodor's gastroenterological health, then that doesn't come up on the questionnaire. I was contemplating a solution to this, but I think, Wayne, you've already got it, or at least one workable solution, which is if you dig back up the original document, the questions are general. What sort of group do we want to be? What sort of things do we want to include in this game? What sort of issues do people have or themes are there that are difficult for people that we don't want to include in the game? And even if those are general questions or very broad questions, the answers to them are rather specific. And so the answers, in a way, become part of the question. So it's like the question is, what kind of group do we want to play? Okay, well, do we like the group we're playing? Well, the group we're playing is now defined as back in session zero. And here's a couple sentences describing the group. And you could almost put a dot, dot, dot question mark. You're like, it's a leading statement. Like, here it is. Is this it or is this not it? Is this a problem? Is this not a problem? Right. Is this even relevant at all anymore? Do we need to like change all of this or do we want to go back to this? Is this, does anybody care that none of this lines up with what actually happened? Well, and you hit on another great one there when you're talking about the things in that original document, the things we don't want to see, that might change over time. Yes. So when your real life situations change, so, for example, when we start the beginning of a campaign, maybe there is nothing at all related to the health of your parents, but suddenly one of your parents is ill, and now you'd rather not have an ill parent yeah. in the game as well. That's something that you wouldn't necessarily think to just say to a GM, but if the GM's like, hey, here are the things we said we'd like to avoid, is there anything you'd like to add or remove from this list? Yeah, yeah. That's something that really comes up. Somebody can lose a job life changes, you could have things happen that you wouldn't otherwise think to say to the GM, but this will impact the amount of fun you're going to have in the campaign. I think it would also be helpful to add in maybe a few extra questions, because not only is real life changing, but obviously the game itself is, I shouldn't just say changing, it's occurring. And so some questions you might want to add are things like, do you like your character? Well, that wasn't on the first group template or whatever, because you didn't have a character yet. Right, you had kind of defined what you wanted to play, but is that what you ended up playing, and are you still happy with it? Yeah, or is somebody else's character causing a problem? Or let's look at the RPG horror stories that bounce around the internet. Sometimes things occur at the table that nobody spoke out against because nobody thought in a million years someone would actually do it. And now you've got someone at your table where they or their character or something about the rules or whatever is creating an issue that you just didn't see coming. And so here's your opportunity to say something new, something once again that the base template you're set up to begin did not ask. I guess if I was to use the metaphor of a road trip, the session zero is like sitting down for that road trip and saying, okay, here's the route we're going to take. Here's roughly how long it's going to take to drive it. You know, this is where we might stop to sleep if it's too long of a drive, things like that. 
But now you get on the road and... And you discover that Brodor farts when he eats rice. Yeah, and you're now stuck in a smart car with him. <laughs> or Broder almost gets you arrested in Utah, which <laughs> did, in fact, happen. I, I didn't get arrested, but he almost got me arrested. And... <laughs> If he's supposed to be coming in town, if I can get him back on the mics, I'm going to get him to tell that story. But or maybe we did on a negative episode. I feel like you might have. I don't know. But anyways, the point being that these things come up that you didn't anticipate or you get 150 miles out and a tire blows out. Or, or you pass the sign that says world's largest ball of twine, and you're like, well, we weren't planning on it, but now yeah. we're stopping. But if we do this, because obviously you can't stop at the world's largest ball of twine and spend any fewer than, say, about four hours. Right. So now you have to rethink which town you're going to stop in to get your sleep before yeah. you fall. It shifts the entire rest of your plan. Right. And that is fine as long as you address it. I always said there are two kinds of people in the world. The people that see a sign on the right that says world's largest and immediately want to stop and really boring people i don't want to be in a car with (laughs) i think one of the things that i would point to if you're trying to add additional questions which as i said before i don't think we can perfectly define because we don't know your game but i think one of the things you could look at is what are things that you would normally want to talk about or to review at this point in a game or assuming you're gaming with your friends, which I hope is the case, that you know from past games these sorts of things have come up. You know that somebody in the group tends to make characters and then first contact with the game, eh, the idea doesn't work out. Or you can think back on your own experience and say, you know, I really liked this game except for the fact that there was too much combat or not enough combat or it was too challenging or not challenging enough. And You know, some people may not even care about some of those things. I know, for example, Johnny G, he loves himself some really rough games. I mean, he wants to play D&D, do the original method one rolling as they changed it in 5e. 3D6 straight down the line? Yep, 3D6 straight down the line, and what are you good enough to be? And basically then get out there, fumble around, and get killed by a house cat before you reach (laughs) level 2. And so he's going to bring that up. I would never ask somebody like Wayne, for example, do you want me to be more brutal, like a lot more brutal? But if John's in the game, that's a question that I might want to add on to that. And so I'm going to look back at my past experiences or even as the game goes on. I mean, you keep a little scratch pad and just make notes of, huh, I did this plot point or there's this theme I introduced that people didn't really know was going to be in the game or whatever. And I really ought to ask if what people think of this. Or I've noticed that like Wayne's character and Mary's character are bickering a lot, and I'm not sure if that's in character or out of character. And so I'm going to add a question. And even if it's in character, do they want that out of a game? And so I might add a question to that on my little scratch pad that says, ask about intra-party conflict. Yeah. And we can put that in our X.5 document. If I were asking questions anonymously through an email, one of the questions I would add is, who's your favorite NPC? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that was something that that I thought of while you were talking about that, where it's like, not only plot points or or themes that you've introduced and you're like, are you okay with this? But there are plot points and themes that I've introduced that nobody has done anything with. So do we actually not care or did we just not notice? No, we're not gotten to it. Like we have other things to do that... Like, is that, I totally want to get back to building my starship, yeah. 
except for the fact that the people over here keep pissing me off. <laughs> and so getting rid of this pirate group and this military faction, whatever, are far higher on my list. But it doesn't mean I don't want to build my starship. I'm just distracted. I don't know. Maybe this is something where we should get together with somebody brighter than Gage and actually formalize this into a suggested <laughs> document, by which I mean maybe we'll get together with Gage and actually try to work this out and see if there's like a document we can put here. Cause I think there is some potential to add this to our resources the same way we've already got the group template, and the group questionnaire. So just make them living documents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it's all about. Make them living documents that evolve just as the game does. So that's where we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Check the show notes for links to, Fear the Con, the Intro to RPGs game, Discord. I'd say Minecraft, but we can't. We can just link to Discord, and then you have to find the word Minecraft. And so all that will be out there for you guys to grab. Uh, Watch the general chat on Fridays for the link to the chit chat, and that's always posted there. And other than that, we look forward to seeing hopefully a whole lot of you folks come mid-June. And one way or another, I hope you have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2023. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.